Herd, and welcome to another episode of Nerd Herder. I'm J-Dub. And Deboop. And we like Star Wars. Uh, this we is do? why we podcast. And we have been on a journey this year revisiting our love of Star Wars by confirming our love of Star Wars. Yes. Uh, and also just rambling about our love of Star Wars. You know and, what, John? Yes. The real Star Wars are the friends we made along the way. <laughs> no, but okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've been doing episodes throughout this year uh, based on uh, the films. Um, uh, all nine of them were on that journey and, and basically just taking time to sit down and talk about why we love them in hopes that it would confirm your reasons for yeah. loving them, change your reasons for not loving them. Or just be pleasant conversation, in, yeah. at the very least. And you know what? We're we are talking about the Skywalker saga. We're not talking about the in betweens. We will probably talk about those at another point. But right now, oh, we're sticking yeah, to the absolutely not the, the nonology. not that they're lesser films. No, um, not in the slightest. But we're we're primarily just trying to get through the nine. Um, and so we started that early this year. And obviously, in between, have had side quests and adventures, and spent time talking about other things as well. But you can go back into our uh, catalog of things, um, whether it's YouTube or on your favorite podcasting platform, mm -hmm. you can find all those episodes and check those out. Um, just FYI, we love them all. So we do. if you're looking for anything in particular, um, I, you know, I can't help you. If it's, if, if you're trying to find something that confirms, aha, they love this one more than this one. That makes me right. And not liking that. One. No, nope. we, they're all great. Exactly. They are all, there is not a bad star war. The um, amount of times I've looked someone in the face and said, I love all of them. Right. And it's not its not to get out of your stupid Twitter post about red pill or blue pill. Which one are you going to keep forever? All of them. All of them. I like all of them. I will nom nom both of I those I will pills, not my choose between my children. Um, and you can't make me. Hello there. Brandon here from the Clashing Sabers Network. We are another Star Wars podcast network and media outlet, but that's not why I'm here today. I'm here to talk about our most important mission, which is our literacy nonprofit that puts Star Wars books in the classrooms across the country. If you're listening to this, it's likely that at least one Star Wars book had an impact on you as a kid, as is true for all of us on the network. We want to pass that forward to the next generation so that the lessons of Star Wars can continue to shape students as it did for all of us. But just like Star Wars teaches us, we cannot do it alone. It takes a community, and that is where you all come in. Right now, we're hosting our annual holiday fundraiser to put Star Wars books into those classrooms. As an educator myself, I can tell you that this is far harder than it seems. Schools and teachers have been struggling for years to afford purchasing high-interest reading books, the impact of which cannot be overstated. Without those books, students are less inclined to read. However, and I can attest to this fact personally, when a box comes with Star Wars books, everyone wants to read. So how can you help? We'll head over to go.rallyup.com slash Revenge of the Reader and purchase some tickets for our fundraiser giveaway. I'm sure your amazing host will have that link for you in the show notes as well. With said tickets, you not only buy books for students, you also get the chance to win some really amazing prizes. We've got Light of the Jedi and Rise of Kylo Ren, signed by Charles Sewell himself, Leia Collectibles, signed by Claudia Gray, Art Prince from the fantastic Roberto Venegas, and a ton of other signed books and collectibles. The more tickets you purchase, the better your chance to win. 100% of your donations is completely tax deductible. Also, 100% of your donations goes to purchasing and shipping books to students, teachers, and classrooms. And if you know a teacher who you would like to nominate to receive said books, you can do so over on our website, clashingsabers.net. Thanks for taking the time to listen, and thank you in advance for your donations. May the force be with you. So, uh, we have been on this journey for a while. We are now on episode 8. Um, 
not a controversial Star Wars episode at all. No. I, the the hard thing is, like, throughout the year as we've done these episodes, it's been so easy to just sit and talk about. Uh, we love this. We love that. These really resonated with me. These mean a lot to me. These are nostalgic to me. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Because, by and large, one through six are so agreeable, I guess. Agreed. Um, I think, I guess it's because they're recent. I guess it's because... Uh, humanity has just fallen and broken. Um, but seven, eight, nine for some reason feels more of a we have we almost have to talk about what we love about them in order to defend them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and don't get me wrong, I don't think it's our mission in life to do that. I think these films are just great, and and Agreed. I think that generally the the people and the reasons that they're disliked um, come from very ill intent i think there are people that these just aren't your favorite star war that's not what i'm talking about no i'm talking about toxic fandom and i and and people that judge people and not just judge but like abuse uh and belittle and attack people based on film opinions exactly most of those people that don't like these films and probably this one in particular i i think those come from very different places and so it it's almost like part of the reason we shout so loudly that we love them is to convince people that don't that hey these these are good movies mm-hmm. you're just being a butt. <laughs> yes, and guess what? Your opinion is not the only opinion. Right. And so if you if you're not a huge fan of these movies, don't take that as a oh we don't like you. That's not true. No, not the slightest. Um, as long as you're. Uh, civil about your opinions as long as you're a decent human and as long as you don't judge or belittle people for their opinions we don't we don't care we're cool there's no beef Mm -hmm. um but as as soon as what you feel about movies becomes a reason to uh hurt and bully people that's when we don't really like you and you're uninvited to the nerd herd club yes get out um so with with that said, I guess I guess that's an intro. <laughs> um, we're talking about the Last Jedi. Yes, we are. Of all of the films, again, I feel like this is the one most people have done episodes on why they hate it. Uh, I feel like there's so many anti versions of this episode out there about uh, the Last Jedi. And this is probably one of the most searched uh, hashtags in some people's YouTube's or Twitter searches. Because apparently people just like to find posts talking about The Last Jedi positively and just dump on it. Yeah. It's happened to me several times. It's the it's the downside of hashtags. It makes yeah. you findable by the, the bullies. Um, but it's also the good thing about hashtags because it helps you find the kind of people you want yeah. to avoid as well. And you know I what? Guess. Come at me, Scrub Lord. I'm ripped. <laughs> I don't know about that, but... Uh, more than capable of defending ourselves. Yes. <laughs> um, and again, not against, like, if you have opinions, if you have film critique, that's one thing. Although, I, I, you have a hard time convincing me this isn't a perfect film. Agreed. Um, that, it, do that, exist, that's fine. Again, we're, we have and will continue to take a hard stance against the kind of negativity that mm-hmm. is in the, the fandom menace, that is in the kind of people that, just viscerally hate people and this this film and these mm-hmm. films, the sequels in, in general. Um, 
And that said, to be to play devil's advocate, look, if you like the sequels and you hate the other ones, you shut up too. Don't be mean to people. <laughs> like, yeah. Everybody just be nice, dang it. Be nice people, for Pete's sake. And we'll be able to have a much happier time. Um, so, with that, uh, The Last Jedi. Yes. Um, kind well. of got a little bit of a different setup to uh, our approach to this one. Mm-hmm. Last time we had a very, and in general, we take a very fluid approach. We're very much just um, sitting down and talking. If we were to just sit down with someone, we could easily just start a conversation and talk about each of these films for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we like The Last Jedi so much, and because there's so many angles from which to take it, and we're not promising anything. We are not getting through everything we could possibly talk about about The Last Jedi in this episode. That would be a five-hour yeah, episode. <laughs> we're we're going to have to come back at sp- to specific conversations. Yes. Uh, there's so many mini-conversations that you can have within the, the mythos of The Last Jedi alone, mm-hmm. not to mention the entire sequel trilogy. Uh, and so we're not scaling that mountain. And so in order to help us uh, manage what we will talk about, I do have a bit more of a, not script for us, but guideline. Mm-hmm. And I took a particular approach. Again, because I feel like I, this film in particular, we have to almost defend. I felt like, why not talk about specifically the things we love that most of the Last Jedi haters don't? Uh-huh. So almost just specific conversation, uh, specifically countering uh, some of the more ridiculous accusations of the film and everything. <laughs> um, so we'll kind of keep a, a pretty good time of everything a- as we go through what I'm calling the some say argument section. Um, but before we get there, uh, why do you love The Last Jedi? I, we never really start there. No, with the, we don't. We just kind of go. We do, but because we're so excited to talk about stuff. Because this is such a particular film, I thought this question was very important because... Um, I think there's particular answers from our side of it. And I think everybody in general, when you like something that most people don't like, there's a very specific reason. Mm -hmm. And I want to know and respect those reasons. And so um, for sure, all of these questions and arguments are open to everyone. But as for you, why do you love The Last Jedi? I love The Last Jedi because it is not just a dang fine movie, which it is. Mm. It's got great pacing. It's I think the script is very good. Ryan Johnson, thank you very much. Um, I, hey, yo, uh, Ryan Johnson, real quick. You want to come? Where's on the that podcast? trilogy? Please. Wait, you want to? Uh, yeah, you want to come on the podcast and talk about that trilogy? Podcast? Where's that trilogy? Where's that trilogy at? Bring me that trilogy, boy. Hey, hey, can you check in the back? Yeah, check you in the back for trilogies? that trilogy, bro. It might be behind Knives Out Three. Please. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I would love a Star Wars Knives Out crossover. <laughs> Can you believe? It would make no sense, but Ryan would make it happen. I I hope so. Just to be like piss off fans. Right. It'd be so good. Um, yes, I think it is very well written. Um, there there are some dialogue that's a little weird, but that's fine. If there's dialogue. Got anything that in particular? Or is that too much on the spot? It's a little too much on the spot. Aww. Off the top of my head. Okay. Um, I can think of something later, probably. Okay, try um, to. Yeah. I love the characters. In this movie so much. Rose Tico is absolute bae. I love her dearly. <laughs> She's so precious. She is adorable. But not only that. She is fierce. Yeah. And right. I think that she is a fantastic character. 
I will not argue with anybody about it. Well, you're going to have to argue later because that's one of our points later. Probably, so, and that's fine. So we'll save some of that. But yeah. um, The thing that I love the most about it is that it is a story about finding yourself. Mm. Um, whether that be with found family, whether that be, you know, growing and understanding more about yourself or just acceptance in general, whether that be, you know, through other people or, again, yourself. Mm-hmm. But I love so many elements of the story of, oh, you thought you knew, but no, no, you don't. Yeah. Get in the cockpit, Flyboy. Like, I I love Poe's arc throughout this entire movie. I think it's very important for you to see. It's a very similar arc to what Ahsoka went through in a couple episodes of The Clone Wars. Yeah. You, you can't trade lives for power. It, very personal things. Yeah. Very good. I, I just, I like the movie a lot. Mm-hmm. For various different reasons. And it's also just dang pretty to look at. Very for true. For Pete's sake. Um, yeah, again, and I'm not trying to be overly generous or a shill or anything. I just... I'm it, trying to be a shill. Would, Where's my check, Disney? You genu- genuinely would have a hard time convincing me this is not a perfect film. Um, Ryan Johnson gets film and gets Star Wars in an almost magical way. Mm-hmm. And Lucasfilm, for this and for hopefully the trilogy to come, has gotten so lucky with having someone as awesome and genuine mm-hmm. uh, and passionate as, as Ryan Johnson. Um, we will forever benefit from having had him do a Star War. Agreed. And so... First and foremost, I love this film because it is so good. It's just so well done. Um, and uh, I, just, oh, I just had it. Um, we did ask on Twitter. We did, we got some mentions of some various things we'll mention kind of throughout. But I choose Bulbasaur 27. Uh, <laughs> Me too, dude. <laughs> right. Tagged something uh, as uh, Oscar Isaac in some sort of pre- uh, release interview where he talked about uh, a lot in about uh, two minutes, but he says something there that's really true, I think, and I, I hadn't put into words, but that something about this transcends Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a dang it's movie. O- yeah, it, it's almost not fair that a Star Wars movie gets to be this good, mm-hmm. because so often we look at all of these films with such love that we think they're all so perfect, and I'm not saying that this dethrones anything, that this should be everyone's favorite. I just mean that I don't think we've had such a well-done Star Wars film before. Mm -hmm. Um, And I say that knowing many people disagree with me, and I don't care. That's fine, dude. I I genuinely think this is some of the best filmmaking we're ever going to get with a Star Wars. Oh, yeah. This and Rogue One are two of the most beautifully made well done, Star Wars movies, and, and so true to essence. Exactly, it, it's so true. It's so true to what Star Wars is that it 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 excels at it, mm-hmm. and that, and that, that's what I think um, Oscar is getting at in that interview. Is it's just like somehow you've gotten Star Wars so well that you've used Star Wars to almost make your own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's obviously exists within Star Wars, but it's this weird conundrum. Um, Obviously, Dave Filoni has done uh, that same magic. One hundred percent. And I think the reason Star Wars exists at all is because George Lucas had that magic. Yeah. 
And I'm not holding anything against any other director of Star Wars now and future. I just mean that something about the fan in Ryan Johnson helped him to make a very good movie Agreed. Uh, and, a, and a very personal movie. And I like that you brought up some of those points because this film is so introspective mm-hmm. versus so many others where it's about the battle, it's about the action, it's about the grand scale. Whereas Ryan forces you to forget about the scale yeah. and focus on the people. He makes um, you stop looking at the forest and you look at the trees. Exactly. Um, it, it, the twigs even. He, yeah. he, he is so uh, fine in his development of characters and story threads mm-hmm. that he helps you forget there's a galaxy-wide ordeal going on because Dude. you're so swept up with these characters. The opening scene with Paige Tico is one of the most emotional battle scenes I have ever seen. And and that sequence alone is such a great example of how he does it, right? Mm -hmm. As all of these things are happening, he makes you care about one. Yeah, these are the stakes. Yeah, and so from the um, get-go, he's making a love story to Star Wars that ends up standing on its own. Mm -hmm. Um, By its nature as a sequel, uh, and arguably as a prequel to The Rise of Skywalker, it does interconnect with things, but it, it also does so well to be its own entity. Um, it, it's just so hard to encapsulate. And so, uh, and as for more specific reasons why I, I love it, I'll actually save that for later because it's part of a particular conversation. Yes, I am very excited. And by later, I mean now. Because <laughs> I forgot how I structured this. Okay, uh, go for it. Instead of taking time to go through an order to this, um, good idea. Like an order of events, I wanted to start with what I think is the biggest thing because I didn't want to lose time to talk about the biggest thing later. Mm-hmm. And so um, now entering the some say argument section, some say Luke Skywalker was uncharacteristic in the Last Jedi. To that, I why say... do you love Luke Skywalker in the Last Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I know you're going to talk about this a lot. I'm I am. Go ahead and get so, this out. <laughs> no, no, well, yeah, I don't want to steal thunder. I, yeah. This is not my episode. This is this is us. Yeah. So don't. It could be. Your don't episode, reserve. Though. No, don't don't reserve for me. I know you and it's you and your opinions in your heart. I am a firm believer that the people who think that this Luke Skywalker is uncharacteristic did not pay attention. Were you paying attention during the chat around the fire, is my question to you, where she confronts him and she's like, hey, what happened between you and Ben? And why are you here? And I think that is such an important conversation to listen to. Pete's sake, because you get the entire story laid out. You get like, okay, people thought that I was this god, essentially, that I could do no wrong. That I was a legend that saved the galaxy. And then I messed up. And now I'm here. How many people can relate to that? And like, it's such an important scene. Not only for understanding the character of Luke Skywalker as we find him. But also to kind of knock some fans down a peg and be like, look, you're putting people on a pedestal. You're putting fictional characters on a pedestal and being like, this is the OP god of all of Star Wars. What happens when he messes up? It's the same thing with never put 
real life people on a pedestal either is you know because people are human they make mistakes they hurt people unintentionally and you are sometimes left with someone you thought you knew and i don't think any of us knew luke skywalker until this movie if that makes sense yeah um that was a very rambly answer to your question not at all actually um yeah, it's almost the question of can Luke Skywalker be human? Yes, can, that's what I mean. Can can he be normal? Can he struggle? And yeah, how what happened to the farm boy? How would we deal with that? Um, and you know, a lot of people criticize Ryan Johnson for his um, kind of turning things on their head, kind of uh, deconstructing things. But I think that's it where he gets his understanding of things and that's where he actually uh makes you care more if you're paying attention Mm -hmm. by helping you see the pieces and 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 in this case with luke skywalker seeing the humanity even exactly um yeah and and they they talk about that early on of he had the task of coming up with why luke skywalker disappeared yes Mm -hmm. han says so in the force awakens he gives a vague reason yeah but overall why exactly and i think that has to do with what he thought a jedi to be in sorry general. a cat came out of nowhere <laughs> it was very funny she just walked out from one of those couches. but yeah like because you have to think the only two jedi luke ever knew were obi-wan kenobi and yoda mm-hmm. two jedi who messed up royally with their with his father and then went into hiding because that's, I think that's what he thought that he was supposed to do. Is you go into exile when you screw up this bad. And yeah, I think I, it kind of makes sense. No, I get what you're saying. I think yeah. it's funny. Um, I, th- I think, um, you know, and he says as much because I was Luke Skywalker, the legend, because I was a Jedi. Exactly. Um, like, he's very much in a crisis of faith uh, in himself. Yes, but also in this thing that he's given his devotion to. Mm-hmm. Um, that he honestly probably did not have that much of an understanding of. Yeah, and, and I think that's the thing. And and that's why I completely agree. And I hope they stick with this sentiment and direction in that he's absolutely right in that the Jedi, this religious order and this ownership of the light and the force has to stop. Mm-hmm. I messed up because I believed this was the right thing and I feel like I lost myself in it. I feel like I allowed this to give me a pedestal and a hubris and ended up it ended up creating a greater mountain for me to fall from mm-hmm. when I messed up. Um, and I, I think that as much as this is a deconstruction of people kind of story, this is a deconstruction of faith kind of story. Mm. Faith in what you want. Like, I'm not saying this is a, a a particular faith or even faith in general. Everybody believes in something. And so regardless, though, this causes a crisis and a question of what you believe in. Is it really what you think it is? Uh, does it really stand for and mean what you think it does? Is there something else or another way? Um, and, and I love that and I completely agree with that. We've been very indicting of the Jedi, um, mm-hmm. and, and rightly so in my opinion, 
And so, yes, I think it would be wrong for Rey to follow in the steps of Luke and to create a Jedi order. I don't think that's the story here. I think the story is the dissemination of the Force, the dissemination of faith, the idea that you choose who you want to be and you go out and do the right thing. Agreed. Not that you are, not because you are a Jedi, not because you belong to something, but because you are who you are. Um, you know, there's a quote from Qui-Gon from the Master and Apprentice book where he talks about, like, I choose the light because it's light, not because I, I think it'll help me win in the cosmic game or because it makes me good, but because it is light. Mm-hmm. And and that's this wall that Luke is in largely failing at scaling, but eventually gets over with the help of Ray and Yoda in this film, this wall of, was I doing it because I was a Jedi or because it was the right thing to do? Was, exactly. I, was I doing it because I was Luke Skywalker or was I doing it because it was helpful? Um, he does what he does in the end, not because he is this legend, but because it's really the only thing he could do was make peace with his past. Exactly. And so all, all of that said, that's very much a re- response to, to your, to your point mm-hmm. for me personally. Um, I relate to Luke Skywalker so much. And, and part of the reason when I first watched this, I came out of that theater like, I, I need to see this again. I, I need to think about this some more. Um, I instantly needed to revisit it and process because what I have really found is that I relate so much to Luke Skywalker in this. I relate so much into this idea of whether by myself or others, I, I believed a certain thing about myself and my life and my journey. Uh, that failed, that let me down, that arguably ruined things, hurt people, and and let me down even. And so I that that fall from the mountaintop, I was in the middle of when this movie came out. And so to see that in this hero that I never related to, I never understood because I wasn't into the lightsaber swinging, the the righteous hero thing. I mm-hmm. I just. You like I, could, Fett. I couldn't see myself being the hero, but I could see myself as the broken man, and, and I did. And um, seeing him go through this journey of accepting what he'd done, making amends, and ultimately realizing that he can make a choice now. Like, he made choices in the past, and those are what they are, but he can make a choice now. Um, to do the right thing, uh, to pass on and give to others what he's learned, um, you know, that your failings and, and your your faults are not something to hide, but they're something to teach. There's something to um, experience. Um, and, and yeah, I, like the one time, and I think we talked about this, and then we'll need to go ahead and move on. Um, I think we talked about this, that like one of the few times I really ever loved and, and felt like the most emotional and nostalgic in a Star Wars for a long time was this, the binary sunset. Mm-hmm. And there's something so beautiful and meaningful to me that that is both the first and last, well, first, quote unquote, but, you know, first major shot yeah. of Luke and final shot of Luke in that, look, you're still you. You, you are still who you are. Mm-hmm. You are who you make you, though. There like, was... 
I just mean like he he thought that he had ruined himself and his name and and the heritage of being a light side person. Yeah. When in reality, no, you're the same kid looking at the horizon. Exactly. Like you, you are still uh, you. It's that that I'm still worthy scene of um, Endgame and such and everything. Like the that just is so beautiful for me. Absolutely, and it's that poetic moment of the first time you see the binary sunset it's for the want of a better life and then you get the achievement of the better life Mm -hmm. and i think that is so wonderful and i don't understand how people think that this is bad right well and that's what's funny is you know yoda criticizes you know always Always looking looking to the horizon you know uh adventure ha you know uh jedi crave not things things like he got the the fulfillment he wanted yeah not, he got to be the hero. Exactly. And and not because of, of of him necessarily, but just because he made a choice. Yeah. And that's so um George Lucas. That's yeah. so true to who he uh is and what he's tried to build and bake into Star Wars for so long is the choices that we make matter for ourselves and others. Exactly. And that we should want to be good people and we should want to do the right thing. And it's the redemption of a selfish decision. And so, um, so before we move on, I do want to mention, um, we've talked about it before, but to bring it up, uh, again and modernly, um, there is a video out there that makes me cry every time. And it's by the negotiator, um, on, uh, Twitter and on YouTube. And there's a link in our description for that episode because he takes this scene, he takes this idea uh, in a, in an episode, and it's called um, "The Galaxy May Meet Need a Legend," and exactly what I felt was put into this video when I say that, like the final moments of Luke Skywalker tying so beautifully into the first moments. This is this is what you wanted. You wanted to make an impact. You wanted to do yeah. more, and you've gotten to do that. This is um, you reaching the horizon. Yeah, this is this is your purpose, and you can have peace in it. Um, and so, uh, please check out the video, uh, go, go support, uh, them and their projects. They've gotten, uh, several other videos that are also really cool and everything, but sometimes I just watch, watch this when I want to be emotional for no good reason, <laughs> but I'm just like, oh, I just, heart. I hear the music and I know you're about to cry and it's wonderful. So, uh, yeah. So check that out and, um, maybe, uh, that'll help you see what I see when I, see the journey of Luke Skywalker in this and whatnot. But for me, yeah, as far as the main sentiment, is he uncharacteristic? No, I think this is the most Luke Skywalker Luke Skywalker's ever been. Agreed. Uh, And I think Ryan Johnson gets Luke Skywalker. Um, Some snake, some Some snake, some snake, some say Snoke was wasted. I disagree. I think Snoke was exactly what he needed to be. He was a (laughs) puppet for Pete's sake. I, I, I think it's so funny because nobody knew anything about Snoke. But as soon as you take him out of the equation, it's just like, what? Well, no, he was so instrumental. Oh, come on, guys. He We're was Snoke. so integral to the story. Snoke was my dad. Um, I, I, I loved that they they jumped the gun on the apprentice usurping the uh, the master in such a wonderful way. Oh yeah, did not see it come. No. Well, I mean, you could see it as it was happening, but I did not expect them to go through. Yeah. With this, uh, 
you know, usually this is a, a this is a finale plot thread. Yeah. This is where either the villain becomes the greater villain or the villain makes a selfless sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But here it turns that on its head in that he does this selfishly even. 100%. Um what what did you think of Snoke overall that kind of leads you to not really either think he was wasted or not really yeah. uh, care or to like what happened? Well, at first I think he was a very mystery box character of mm-hmm. like you can see him don't know where he's from don't know what he is or who he is mm-hmm. but i think i don't think he was wasted in the slightest in my opinion i think that he was set up to be a pawn a talking head that you could you know point out and be like that's the bad guy mm. but i don't think there was ever a plan to make him the big bad like palpatine yeah um, I, I don't think anybody would have taken that seriously. No. He is a dude in a gold dress <laughs> with a I, poor baby scar. I, for one, love w- that they did more with Snoke in this one, obviously. Absolutely. Because like you said, he did start off He's very, of character. very kind of an enigma. But yeah, <laughs> what well, and it's Andy Serkis getting to be more Andy exactly. Serkis and act more and do mm-hmm. more. Um, I, 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 I loved it. And uh, maybe jumping the gun, but... Um, what do you think about the truth of Snoke that we get in episode nine? I think it makes sense. I honestly, if you read the Darth Vader comics, if you read Charles Soule's specific run, mm-hmm. you see that Palpatine has the capabilities for cloning, mm-hmm. but also to kind of what ha- he's 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 got a touch in the supernatural. Yeah, exactly. Like he he's, he's got science and magic on his side. Exactly. He has the power of God in anime. <laughs> um, I can be your angle or your devil. <laughs> um, okay, Aaron Hansen. But yes, like I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that that is something that Palpatine and his merry band of pranksters is capable of. Did, do you think that he is the cause of the dyad or no. do you think? Immediately now. Okay. <laughs> I think Moving the dyad, on. Okay. Here's the thing. The Force works in mysterious ways. I think that the dyad was established at, at birth, if I, you could I, call I, it that. I feel like it has to be, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like in the mythos, you have to have always been a dyad. Exactly. Um, I, I think that there are other dyads in the Force. I think that Ahsoka Tano and Darth Maul are a dyad, if I could be so frank. It's a little generous, but okay. I'm an incredibly generous person. Ask my friends. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the idea of dyads have, has been there since the very beginning. And I think that the son and the daughter were the first dyad hot take. Well, in that, that's where, cause I watched Mortis recently and that was honestly where I got the idea of, okay, wait, maybe this is the idea of a dyad. Maybe they are a dyad. Um, and they're not really son and daughter and father, but more so this this man has absorbed or this this being this being has absorbed the responsibility of controlling this dyad. Agreed. Um and so yeah, and I think that I I, I too I, for the dyad to work mm-hmm. and I, I, I love that plot thread, it has to have been there, and I think that Snoke merely discovered it. Agreed. Uh, and didn't understand it, maybe. It's the Grand Moff Tarkin uh, rule of, I made this. <laughs> yes. Right. Like, look at what I have done. Look at my achievements. Um, yeah, because... Look at my slippers. I, I feel like that gives him and Palpatine too much 
uh, authority in, yeah. in these two characters, uh, Kylo Ren and, um, well, Ben and Rey. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I I liked everything about Snoke. I think he served his purpose. Agreed. He was a stepping I liked his dress. stool for uh, Ben, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he was a pawn of Palpatine. I Agreed. think that all works. Um, some say Finn and Rose were useless. Okay, here's the thing. No. I'm going to straight up say no on that one. I think that this was a very important journey for Finn to go on because he needed to find his place in the rebellion or mm. in the resistance. Yeah, they, Same they, thing. they use them interchangeably it, 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 too. It, it, it's yeah. confusing. Anyway, uh, I think that this was very important for him to understand that it's a big resistance. It's not just this one person. You have to make a decision for yourself. You have to make a decision for Ray, but you also have to include the entire army here, not just your interests. Yeah, whereas we've talked early on about how much this becomes a personal film, it's almost like Finn has to unpersonalize it. Yes, big time. Like, you have to take your selfishness and your your attachments out of it, Mm -hmm. even. He goes on the most Jedi journey, I think, uh, of all of them, in in that, hey, this is unhealthy, no matter how righteous it is, that you want to save Rey. You've got to see the bigger picture. Exactly. And here's the thing. He has a running problem. He likes yeah. to run away from things. Well, but in this movie, he's running towards he, he something. He never really learned his lesson from the last one. Exactly. Like, like if you remember, he ran away, or was in the process of running away, mm-hmm. got that interrupted, and then made his sole purpose about saving Ray. He really wasn't helping the resistance. Exactly. He was going there for Ray. Exactly. Um, and here's the thing. Rose taught him to walk. That's true. There you go. There's your thing. And, well, and even Stan, like, exactly. it, it, if anything, he had to learn when to when to stay, when when to walk, and when to to walk away. Also, mm-hmm. but not for his own reasons. You know, um, he had to learn that he has a purpose in the grand scheme of mm-hmm. things. I, I, I think but also he, that it doesn't have to be you. Yeah, I, I think he learns the whole. Hey, you're a part of something bigger from Rose, and I think he learns from Poe. Towards the end, the hey, I I get now you're a part of this cause and you want to fight, but you also have to learn when it's better to walk away. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to realize when you're throwing yourself away versus when you're using Agreed. your abilities. And I think that it's a similar journey for Rose of like, you know, you're not going to fix everything. You're you're not going to be able to. Mm. Uh, put your fist through this beautiful town, unfortunately, even though I, I personally like that line. Uh, Scott A.J. Rowe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> does he not like that? He doesn't like that line, no. I mean, it's a, it's a little hammy, but I get I, it. It's like, a hammy movie. You wish you could just wipe all of this away because mm-hmm. it represents the worst that you've seen of this galaxy and exactly. everything. Um, I, I, I get it. Not everyone's poetic. No. Uh, Anakin Skywalker, for goodness sake. <laughs> um, it, He's so beautiful, Sean. Yeah, I feel like she had to learn how to how to deal. Uh, she couldn't yeah. give as selflessly. Like I think she wanted to match what Paige did. And and it, that would have been such a waste. Exactly. And and I think she realizes that, and that's why she stops Finn, is because it's just this idea of like, this this doesn't save anybody. This doesn't help anybody. No. Um, 
ultimately we we win by being good not by exactly. winning it's the same journey luke goes on is just like hey go apologize to your nephew not so it saves him but because it's the right thing to do exactly like you've got to make peace um because other like you holding on really only hurts him mm-hmm. um and that's another instance of the trend that i love so much about the sequel trilogy of Ben Solo not getting the satisfaction of taking revenge on someone. Right. I, I, yeah. And that's the thing is like, as soon as Luke comes in, he's very much just oh, like, oh, it's what? You're, so you're here to, to, to save me now and all this other stuff. The same thing he thought his father was trying to do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm here to do You're coming right to thing. get your son. Your son's dead. Mm-hmm. Right. You lost your chance to save your son. If you wanted to save your son, you would have been there for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he comes in so defensive um throughout this film he yeah. is when when ray you know calls him a monster he accepts that like yeah i know like you know Look i my edgy hair you can't say anything about me that i have not said worse to myself like you yes. you don't understand yeah. um the worst that anyone else has done to me i've done to myself and mm-hmm. oh man gosh like like it's so good this movie uses Adam Driver so well. It and really and we talked a little bit about uh, Adam as Ben and, and Kylo in the last one. This is especially his film. 100%. This, this is really just him on a pedestal and shining bright as an actor and, and a, as a character. Because you see the struggle so clearly in his face. It is perfect. Well, and again, I love what they do where they flip the... Uh, the the throne room scene mm-hmm. on its edge where it's not him saving Ray the way Vader saved Luke. This is no. him still selfishly doing something that he feels will uh, give him some level of satisfaction or yeah. power or influence over his life. Uh, and, and, and in reality, the same way that killing his father did nothing for him, killing Snoke did nothing for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, I thought, Again, that was interesting in that this isn't your typical, I'm going to save the the um, hero and heroine in, in danger uh, and it's all going to be hunky-dory. No. Um, I, I really liked how it pulled the rug out from under of as soon as you think he's got it, as, as soon as you think he's taking a chance on the light, yeah. um, we see he's just doubling down. Yeah. I, I love the line delivery of, oh, no, you're still holding back. Oh, you're talking gosh. to yourself, son. Right, exactly. It's just like, why won't you let go of your mother, your father, the, this this struggle with yeah. the light inside of you? He's projecting so much onto Ray. The same way that she's projecting onto him, though. She's projecting this idea of, you know, why wouldn't you love your parents? Why wouldn't you love all of this? Like, and not seeing the the inner struggle of him. Like, mm-hmm. she's trying to she's trying to cover up her own inner struggle because she knows the truth. As he as he points out, you know, you know they're not coming back. You know they abandoned you. You know they're nobody. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, all of that's still true in Tross. Um, like you know all of that, but you think by loving and accepting Han and Leia and Luke and the rebellion that you somehow don't still have to face those things. Mm-hmm. Like it it's so interesting how she's projecting onto him of just accept these things and it'll make you happy. But here's what we've learned by her time on Octo. She has all of those things and she still wants her identity. Yeah. She still 
wants to know who she is based on who her her parents are, what her origin is. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's so interesting how the conflict in this film emotionally is from the two main characters projecting their struggles on each other. Yeah. And that's such an important plot thread, for Pete's sake. Absolutely. That Mm -hmm. was unprepared, but I'm glad we talked about it because it's some important stuff. Very important. Ben, Ben, and his journey is always going to be yeah. my my favorite throughout these films and everything. So, and the journey that starts with him blowing up his well, not him, but someone else blowing. I, I love. It's very important that, that's, that it's not him. Yes, and and I love that scene too because so his good. facial expression, his acting in that of yeah. um, just that inner turmoil. It it's that I put it on Twitter right after we watched the scene. It mm-hmm. was the moment of I see you. I don't just see Kylo Ren. I see my son. Right. And him dealing with that. Right. You can't detach. You like I'm here. Trust me. It what are you going to do? Right. Um. And so yeah, great, great stuff. Um. Some say Holdo was too girl boss. Which okay. For, real quick, only because I only like a week ago learned what this is. Girl boss is negative. Yeah, it's, it's like toxic uh, uh, femininity. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> if I can wh- use that word. It's what people associate with actual feminism. Like people think that actual feminism is girl bossing. No. When in reality, girl bossing. Girl is, bossing is I'm going to do what I want. Screw you. Yeah. It, it's not good. Yeah. It's I'm going to step on you to make myself better. Right. So which is not feminism. So so hold so so people think that Holdo is negative feminism. Like they think that it's feminism taking over Star Wars because Star Wars is female and here's Kathleen Kennedy and look take (laughs) step back Timmy take a look in the mirror and ask yourself are you just uncomfortable with the strong female character right are you uncomfortable with a well-written female character who is doing almost exactly what Poe has done in the past or in reality what Leia has done in the past or countless other generals of the rebellion have done in the past, and well, you it, just don't like it because it's Laura Dern. Yeah, would would you have been offended if it was Akbar? Yeah, like one hundred percent. And 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 here's the thing: if your answer is no, if you're like, well, but it should have been Akbar, you, you're directly in, like you're directly feeding into the problem. You exactly. just have a problem with who's represented, not with exactly. representation. Exactly. Like here's uh, the thing: Emily Holdo. Is one of my favorite characters now. She's she's fantastic. She's so cool. And I love her hair. I love that she is wearing a very fancy dress. Yeah, she she's very in the vein of of Leia and Padme in yeah. the sense of I don't need you to tell me what to do. I don't need you to hold my hand. Mm-hmm. I I've got control. Poe, I, I can do this. Being a little s word, <laughs> I can't say it. But um, he's being a pouty little boy. In, right in this movie, all because he's not in charge, and, exactly. and blah blah blah. And don't get me wrong, I love Poe. Oh, one hundred percent. But he's being treated the way he deserves to be treated exactly. for some of his choices in this. Like the whole opening is to set up. Hey, you don't know everything. Mm-hmm. You clearly you are a little biased when making choices because you think you can uh, take on the whole empire by yourself. I need you to slow your roll. And. And, and and here's the thing: everything is there for why Holdo does everything she does. Like mm-hmm. I, I he don't. He has proven understand. himself to be untrustworthy. Well, and then how can you trust anyone 
when there should be no way to track through hyperspace. Exactly. I know we haven't talked like super geeky and sciencey in in many episodes. This lately, is something brand new. But this you can't is a, track through hyperspace. Is, right. So in a lower beat, based on that alone, how else other than a leak could they have found them? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not going to trust anyone. No, it's smart. And so, I, yeah, I don't have a problem with Holdo. I, I love her. And honestly, I love Laura Dern. No one would have had, and not that I would want it to be Leia, but I'm saying no one would have had an issue if it was Leia. No. But that's the thing is Leia's gotten by because of the metal bikini, because of, of years of fan service and everything. And from Carrie Fisher just genuinely being a pretty down to earth person. Love her so much. But here's the thing. You can't keep giving passes to certain women and certain female characters mm-hmm. or certain characters in general, uh, but not apply that same level of respect and understanding to other ones. Would you have been upset if it was Ahsoka Tano? Right. Like, again, just because your favorites are over here and if they do something, it's okay. But all of a sudden, this other new one, no, they, like, they've got to wear a bikini for five seconds first before I can respect them and blah, blah, blah. I, like, And can we ugh. just... Take a moment to appreciate the Holdo maneuver. Right. Which so freaking cool. Uh, you know, something I never would have expected to see. And, no. and as it was happening was very much a, oh, what? Wait what? a minute. What? Wait a minute. What? Such a beautifully shot scene, too. Oh, yeah. It was and gorgeous. I, I just, I really enjoyed that moment. And um, and again, if, for, if it had to be Fishboy for you to care about that sacrifice, like, come on. Just get off your high horse. Uh, I, I, I think, I think, like you said, it, at some point you just got to admit when you don't like certain women. Because mm-hmm. um, what else do you really have to hold against Holdo? I know I'm stepping on some toes, and that's fine. I got my toe-stepping boots on today, <laughs> and I'm feeling bitey. So, uh, love Holdo, love that love whole uh, interaction. Love her dress, love her hair. Um, love your hair, hope you win. Finally, um, Yes, we'll we'll see if this wraps it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of should on time wise, but some say the Last Jedi is the best of the sequels. I love all of the children equally. <laughs> it's my favorite of the sequels, though. Honestly, I have to agree. Um, I I think of all of them, this is definitely the one I've rewatched the most. It's beautiful. It's so well done. It's perfect Star Wars. Yeah, kind of kind of like back to what we opened up with. This is just such a well-done yeah. movie and a Star Wars movie. And so I don't think it's fair to like this mm-hmm. in a way that uh, criticizes or hurts other films. Um, I don't like seeing people that love this movie just absolutely wreak havoc on other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, that's not the point in liking something. Um, I think all Star Wars is really good, though. I think this, uh, yeah, like anything I really love, it's more personally important than anything. Yeah. Um, Big time. It, it's fun. It's great. But it's also meaningful and inspiring. And so, yeah, when I think of Star Wars, this is just pure Star Wars. So um, it is one of the greatest Star Wars films. It is... Uh, the greatest of the sequel trilogy. And I don't think that means that seven and nine are bad no, at all. No, not in the slightest. Uh, I just think that for me, 
what makes seven and nine so good is the uh, epicenter, uh, the the gooey middle that is the Last Jedi. The nougaty center. Yes, um, the perfect nougat that is the Last Jedi. Agreed. And, and so every trilogy has the movie that is the most pure. Yeah, it well, mm-hmm. it has the one that is the point of a trilogy. Exactly. Like, that's what you got to realize. Like, you don't write a story because of the intro. You don't write a story because of the ending. You write a story because of the story yeah. that's in between the intro and the ending. What's what makes a sandwich a sandwich? The meat. The meat. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or the filling of your choice. It doesn't um, have to be meat. Yeah. Uh, you can put beans on that sandwich. Um, put a bean burger on there. It's delicious. Yeah, and and hot some dog is a sandwich. Do so much like I'll I'll say based on pure story, I think that uh, the Phantom Menace is the most pure of the prequels. I think that Return of the Jedi is the most pure of the originals, and I think that the Last Jedi is the most pure of the sequels. I agree. These and are I, movies that are the hinge to the entire story. Yeah, and that's completely opinion based, and and that's not again ranking them it's just a matter of don't rank these are what create and justify and and um begin everything else that happens Mm -hmm. these are the fulcrums yes exactly um and so yeah i mean we love all of star wars uh we have special places in our hearts for particular parts of it Mm -hmm. though and particular characters absolutely and so um, the, uh, there's a lot more we could talk about with The Last Jedi, and there will be more we revisit for sure and spend time talking about very specific things. Would love to take time to focus on just the dyad. Um, talk about some of the other um, moral points uh, mm-hmm. as, and also some of the more weird points. Uh, that, you know, it. we can't fit everything in a sw- into a single episode, and that's arguably a good thing. And so, um, yeah, because we could talk about this movie for so long. Absolutely. So, but uh, we've got to keep content rolling for years to come. So, um, <laughs> in the meantime, we'll just tease that and say that you should subscribe for whenever that does happen. Um, we have one more in the trilogy to discuss, uh, and that'll be um, in a week. Uh, we'll yeah. talk about the rise of Skywalker and uh, end out our uh, discussion of the main films of Star Wars and why we love them. Don't know that we'll keep this approach. Um, I don't know if we'll have to, but maybe we will because The Rise of Skywalker is equally controversial. Um, and we love we love the most controversial parts of, exactly. of Star Wars for some reason. So uh, maybe we'll keep it. But uh, yeah, let us know your thoughts on these particular points or just your thoughts on your favorite things about these films. We'd love to hear it. Uh, we'd love to celebrate this film with you. Um, and uh, even if you have a different opinion, uh, feel free to share. And again, check out uh, the negotiators video um, that will be linked in the description. Um, it's a great video. I think it really captures the essence of Luke's journey in this film uh, and across all films. And so um, check it out and, and support them and give them a holler and some love for that. Uh, because I've been at least a few hundred views on that video <laughs> alone and I need someone else to see this goodness. We just so put it on sometimes. Check that out. Thank you to our patrons and uh, to all of our regular listeners and friends and fans uh we appreciate all of you uh and for making all of this even more interesting and fun uh we'd always do what we do because we enjoy it but um you help us enjoy it a little more so thank you yeah and uh yeah with that we have our year laid out 
Rise of Skywalker uh, coming up and the uh, MCU Spider-Man trilogy coming up yes. as well. Talking more Speed-A-Man. So that's what's happening in our, our end. Stay tuned for all of that. And yeah, we'll be back soon. Bye. Bye.